Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Living Daily, episode 563, an excerpt from the audiobook Essential, Essays by the Minimalists by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life. I played an excerpt from the Minimalist audiobook yesterday, and I'm gonna continue that today. That's my way of getting a day off from narrating. Let's hear more of the audiobook and start optimizing your life. If, then. People concoct all kinds of excuses to explain their bad decisions. If I had more money, I could be happy. If I had better genes, I could lose weight. If I had more time, I could exercise more. If I liked vegetables, I could eat healthier. If I had gone to college, I could be successful. If this, then that. It's the if statement that fails. Such utterances are debilitating, self-fulfilling prophecies. They hold you back. The best thing to do is remove the if clause from your declarations, revealing your true potential. I could be happy. I could lose weight. I could exercise more. I could eat healthier. I could be successful. Because if you wanted to, you could live a meaningful life. Who to Emulate by Joshua Fields Milburn. A lifetime ago, when I was 19 and starting to work my way up the corporate ladder, My boss gave me some valuable advice as I was reaching for the next rung far overhead. Don't ask a man who earns $20,000 a year how to make $100,000. I agreed at the time and still agree now, but I have better advice. Don't ask an unhappy man how to become happy. Too often we emulate someone without realizing we don't actually want to be like them. We look up to the person with the high paying job, the prestigious career, or the material possessions for which we yearn. And we believe we want what they have all the while not realizing how unhappy many of those people actually are. Instead of emulating someone because of their accomplishments then, it seems more prudent to emulate them for who they are, to learn from the person, not their facade of so-called achievements. There's nothing wrong with earning a shed load of money. It's just that the money doesn't matter if you're not happy with who you've become in the process. A Minimalist, A Japanese Cowboy, and An Arrogant American Walk Into a Bar by Joshua Fields Milburn. I'm standing outside one of my favorite places on earth, the Getty, next to an Asian man outfitted in rancher's attire. White cowboy hat, yellow snakeskin boots, head-to-toe denim. The views here are stunning. Even under a ceiling of cerebral clouds, you can see miles in every direction. As I admire my surroundings, I think I finally understand the true meaning of the word panoramic. With a galaxy of green hills to the south, downtown LA's diffused skyline to the east, and a string of ruby taillights scorching the congested 405 to the north, 
The sun is preparing its descent into the hills of Santa Monica to our west, casting long, angular shadows before it disappears behind the Pacific's metallic horizon, like a glowing coin dropped carefully into a wishing well. I like your hat, I say to the denim-clad man, towering over him even with his heeled snakeskins. I like it too, he responds definitively, with a thick Japanese accent and a nicotine smile, his cadence dressed in conviction. I love living life, he says with no further explanation, as if everything that needed to be explained about him, about life in general, is contained inside those four words. Although we've never met, the two of us are bystanders in the museum's afternoon architecture tour, which is just wrapping up. Our tour guide points out the 80,000-year-old granite pillars framing the impending sunset. Behind us, an American man is complaining to his wife about the cold breeze, about the clouds overhead, about the lack of amplification in the tour guide's voice. He's been pompously protesting the entire tour. Apparently, the universe has conspired to ruin his day. From the sound of his steadfast objections, everything here is ill-suited for his presence. There should be something out of place with a five-foot-tall Japanese cattleman standing among Rembrandt paintings and modern architecture in Southern California, but there's not. Yet something is off with the everyday American grousing about the world's inadequacies. Tuning out the American for a moment, I let the cowboy know he would fit in well back home in Montana. We have a lot of big hats and pickup trucks, I tell him. He says he likes that part of the country, the Wild Western, he calls it, and then recommends a book called The Solace of Open Spaces by Gretel Ehrlich. Although the book is out of print, I later found a copy online and discovered for myself Ehrlich's gorgeous rumination on life on Wyoming's high plains. Despite the cowboy's unconventional appearance, or maybe because of it, it is obvious he would fit in almost anywhere. His posture, his gait, even his gap-toothed grin speak volumes about this man's interior life. He seems composed, resolute, content, miles from arrogant. He is confident. Conversely, no place seems fit for the babbling American. His regal standards and his poor expectations make assimilation a persistent problem. After another snarky comment directed toward his wife, I give him a searing eyeful and his gaze immediately finds his feet. His bray may be the loudest here, but volume isn't a measure of confidence. A truly confident man need only whisper to be heard. The sun is completing its coin toss into the ocean, our group outlined in twilight. Looking over the cowboy, surveying his staunch temperament, I realize his confidence is simply an external display of a rich interior life, congruency between his internal and external worlds. Arrogance, on the other hand, is the opposite of confidence, a veneer of composure, incongruence at its nadir. This is why a confident man is able to coalesce with any group anywhere. An arrogant man, nowhere at all. Confidence holds up under scrutiny, whereas arrogance fractures with the slightest crack. And as human beings, we all have cracks. Sooner or later, a spotlight is shown and the arrogant man's pomposity is exposed, seeping through the veneer, while the confident man just admires the beauty of his flaws. You just listened to an excerpt from the audiobook Essential Essays by the Minimalists by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. And I'm sad that I've almost played the entire audiobook from the Minimalists for you, What am I going to do in the future when I need a day off? I guess we'll have to see. Anyway, I do think tomorrow we'll be back to the normal routine of reading from blogs. Thank you for being here and listening every day. It means a lot. I hope you're having a great start to your week and I'll see you in tomorrow's show where your optimal life awaits.